You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking New York Yankees with MLB.com's Yankees beat reporter, Brian Hope. Brian, it, it wouldn't be the Yankees if there weren't some story that we are revisiting every single day and blowing out of proportion and looking at it from 100 different perspectives. And uh, uh, I think some of us were expecting it might be the designated hitter, but instead it appears to be the number one starter right now. Um, I'm still a little perplexed even after reading and editing the story. There was some miscommunication uh, as far as Yankees and Masahiro Tanaka and what he's throwing and his velocity. Can you shed a little light on what exactly the misunderstanding was there? First of all, I don't know what you're talking about. We don't run anything into the ground on the Yankee beat. I don't know what you're trying to say. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, with Tanaka, let me, let me boil it down to this. In spring training down in Tampa, Tanaka spoke to the media and volunteered that he was not going to throw his four-seam fastball quite as much, and he said, for that reason, uh, you're going to see my radar gun readings dip a little bit. And, and I was there that day. It was strange because it was an unsolicited question. Uh, the question was something much more benign than that. And Tanaka volunteered that, came through the translator, and, and you always have to kind of take everything with a grain of salt here because it's not exactly Tanaka's words. It's Tanaka's words through another party back to English, and, and that's what we're reading here. And, and But that's the way we can do it because my Japanese is terrible. So Tanaka volunteered. Don't play yourself that, short. Uh, <laughs> you're a tremendous slouch. Uh, that happened. His next start, true to his word, uh, more two-seamers. That was a start in Fort Myers where the Twins hit him around a little bit. Uh, now we fast forward to opening day at the stadium, and that's where with the pitch FX shows that Tanaka indeed did stay away from the, the four-seamer, but he also stayed away from the two-seamer. That, that's the thing. He was throwing much fewer fastballs than he did at any point last year. Uh, of the 82 pitches, I believe only 27 were fastballs. So he was really relying on his off-speed a lot against the Blue Jays, and, and they hit him around the second time through the order. Uh, they put up five runs against him in the third inning. The start did not go well. It did not go the way the Yankees thought it would. Uh, that was not the Tanaka you saw in the first half last year. So I think that's where the confusion comes in. It's it's okay if he's staying away from the four-seamer, but now is he afraid to throw fastballs altogether? Is he now going to try and just be a an east-west, dot-the-corners, uh, you know, Mike Mussina-type pitcher at the end of his career? Or uh, can he still have it in there? Is this a conscious decision? Is the guy who dominated the American League in April, May, and June last year, is he still in there? I think that's the question we all are, are wondering, and uh, clearly the Yankees are too. So, it, it, in the light of all, in light of all this, it, it's kind of interesting to revisit those Pedro Martinez comments from from a, 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 whatever that was a week or so ago, where there was grave offense that Pedro dared to suggest that maybe this guy wasn't at full bore. Now Pedro suggested it was because he was hurt, but um, it, it does seem like maybe Pedro wasn't as off off his rocker as some people sort of reacted to it. Uh, possibly, but I, I, I hesitate to read so much into one start, and that's why I think when Tanaka goes up against Boston this Sunday night on ESPN at, at 8.05, it, it's going to be a huge test. Uh, 
I, I'm very curious to see how he bounces back from that. Uh, the Yankees believe he's not hurt. They, and the, the point that they continue to make is guys don't snap off 87-mile-an-hour nasty splitters down in the zone if, if they're hurt, if they can't pitch. Uh, so, so for that reason, I think that Tanaka is healthy. For, for whatever reason, he's staying away from the four-seam fastball and, and from throwing the heat. And I think that's going to create an issue because, uh, as a few people have said, what he does with that fastball is he uses that up in the zone. Then he gets people to chase that that you know terrific splitter down the zone, uh, which is one of the best in the league. And, and even the Blue Jays said, you know, that pitch is not hittable. But you can kind of narrow it down. And if you know he's not coming up, you can look down. Uh, so I, I'm really curious to see how Boston handles him. I'm curious to see how he bounces back here. But uh, I think that if the Yankees thought he could not win games, he wouldn't be on the mound right now. Uh, you, you can't ignore what happened last July, but you know through the first four or five weeks of spring training, I, I feel like we said it a, a lot. There were no indications that anything was wrong. Uh, he pitched against the Braves at Disney World and looked dominant. Uh, it was just the last start or two of of Grapefruit League that you kind of started to say, hmm, something something might be up here, but I'm not sure. So uh, I think you're saying the same thing against that start against Toronto, and now Boston is a huge test for him. I guess the interesting question then is, even if, if he feels fine, if he doesn't feel anything amiss, he's telling the trainers he doesn't feel anything amiss, he really doesn't feel anything amiss, even so, if, if he, as you say, is, is limiting what he's willing to do, if there are places he thinks he shouldn't go, does that inherently mean that to some degree he's automatically preventing himself from being that guy we saw, the guy we know he can be? possible i i think the the biggest thing is you can't pitch scared and that's one thing that people were looking at in spring training and saying is he hesitant is he holding anything back and and the yankees consistently said that no he wasn't but go watch that game tape of opening day it certainly looks like a guy who's holding something back and, and spinning a bunch of sliders up there and, and really relying on his off-speed pitches more and look he's always gotten a lot of outs with his off-speed pitches he he did that last year but i think you're, the main thing you're looking at is, is this guy afraid to rear back and throw his fastball because he thinks his elbow might snap at any point? And, look, <laughs> it's certainly possible. Nobody has ruled that out. But uh, he went to four different doctors. They all recommended rehab. So rehab he did, and he's on the mound. He's made three starts following that care, and I assume Sunday will be four. So I, I'm really curious to see how it all works out. So while we're on the topic of Yankee pitchers that everybody's worrying about, um, how did Dylan Batances look to you? I, I think that it was a continuation of what was his problem in spring training. The one encouraging thing is on a cold and raw rainy night at Yankee Stadium, he's, he's topping 95, 96 miles an hour. So I, I think we can put that story to bed with uh, Batances doesn't have his, have his velocity from last year. And Girardi even mentioned yesterday that they went back and they looked at his pitch readings because they were buying into that too. They said, hmm, is there, is there something up here? And they went back and looked, and Batances was actually throwing harder this spring than he did last spring. So I'm not concerned about that. I, I think that what I would look at is now, do you bring a guy who you think is going to be your closer into a game where you're trailing 2-1 to one in the eighth inning? Uh, that, that telegraphs to me that Batances is not the closer. Uh, and Andrew Miller did a good job locking that game down. I, I think that... If Batances had had a, a fantastic spring and it, it struck out the world, it would have been the easiest thing for Girardi to do and, and just say, all right, well, you know, 
He was great as a setup man last year. He's going to be our closer, and Miller's going to have the eighth. I think that the fact that Batanzas struggled so much, it, it, it kind of pushed the Yankees into this mode of saying lefty, righty will we'll go based upon where the lineup is. Batanzas and Miller will share the role. So I think that uh, if Dellen had had a better spring, we might be looking at a different situation here. But as we've been saying since the day that Miller signed, it's, it's kind of a coin flip. And as you saw last night, Andrew Miller came in, did a fine job, one, two, three in the ninth. I think that there's no wrong answer here, but I think uh, Dylan Batances had an opportunity to be the Yankees' closer in spring training, and now because he didn't step up and seize that, uh, the Yankees have two closers. Is it fair to say still even now that uh, Joe Girardi is, is, is not exactly uh, – he's, he's not exactly a, a, a fan graphs or baseball prospectus writer and that uh, ultimately – he would like for one of these guys to seize it, and by May 1st or June 1st of the All-Star break or at some point, he would like to have a ninth-inning guy and an eighth-inning guy? I think so. I, I think he said pretty consistently that guys like to know their roles. And, and it's one thing, for example, Batanza said that bullpen coach Gary Tuff told him, be ready for the middle of the order. When Bautista comes up, uh, that's going to be your guy. So just be ready for that. So you can kind of see ahead and, and where the game is going and then, if Bautista's going to be in the ninth or eighth, and, and at some point it became clear he was going to come up in the eighth, so Dylan knew to be ready for that. But uh, Girardi has said pretty consistently, guys like to know their roles. I think that uh, he's probably more in tune with uh, some of those fan graph stuff that you mentioned than other managers, but at the same time, um, just a guy who had Mariano Rivera in his bullpen, um, it, it's, it's a very nice luxury to know that's your ninth inning guy. And Dave Robertson was that guy last year. I think that... Uh, Girardi likes playing the matchups. It's something he does anyway pretty consistently pregame. But if you can have a ninth-inning guy, I think that that's a, that's a luxury he wants to have. By the way, to be clear, I do not cite those publications pejoratively. I, I see the things very much the same way. I would love to see Joe Girardi get creative and not have a designated guy. I just don't expect him to do it. Um, one last thing. Um, Carlos Beltran didn't really hit last year. I know he was hurt, but he didn't really hit last year when he played. He didn't really hit in the spring. Um, and in the least valuable by far piece of information that I'm citing here, he hasn't hit through two games. I know we're not officially worried yet, but he's 38. How long till we do worry that maybe Carlos Beltran's just not going to be the guy that he used to be? Three games, I guess, right? <laughs> no. Uh, look, I mean, he's a veteran. Uh, I think you, you allow for the fact that uh, he gets off to a slow start. Look, the Yankees haven't hit a whole lot through the first two games. I, I think that uh, – you know, I know they're one and one, but that was uh, the flukiest of fluke rallies in the eighth inning uh, in game two. So I think uh, there's there's certainly time. Um, this weather has not been conducive to hitting. Uh, I'm not trying to make excuses for Beltron. He didn't look great this spring. Um, I, I think it's still in there. I don't I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. Um, I, I think that if he can be somewhere between what he was last year, which was not clearly disappointing. That's not what the Yankees were paying fifteen million dollars for. Uh, if he's somewhere between what he was last year for the Yankees and what he was his final year in St. Louis, uh, the Yankees would sign up for that in a heartbeat, I think. Uh, so, really, the key is keeping him on the field, being able to play right field. There's been no issues with his elbow, and I think uh, the hits are going to come. This, uh, he's a professional hitter. Um, you're seeing a lot of these guys who have not torn it up. You know, Mark Teixeira hasn't torn it up. A-Rod had a single, but, you know. Big whoop de do. <laughs> uh, it, it's very early, but uh, I think that when you start getting 50, 100, 150 at batch, I think uh, that's when we can start to push the panic button a little bit. 
All right. Well, I wait eagerly for that opportunity. Brian Hoke, thanks for taking some time to chat here on MLB.com Extras, and thanks, everybody, for listening. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free AtBat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.